Father, we, uh, we thank You so much uh, for Your Word now as we come to open Your Word. And we thank You, Lord, that Your Word does not return void. And we just ask, Lord, that You would speak. As I often pray, Lord, not by wise or persuasive words, but a demonstration of Your Spirit's power. And we just ask, Father God, You'd speak to our hearts and you challenge us. And uh, God, we, we wanna be moved and impacted by You. And so Holy Spirit, do a work tonight in our hearts that really only You can do. Uh, it's not about man, it's not about me, less of me, all of you, great God, I pray. And uh, we just pray, Father God, that, uh, yeah, Holy Spirit, You'd work in our hearts. Uh, we love You, Lord. We, what a privilege and honour it is to come here and to worship You together, gathered, uh, to listen online. Uh, but we just pray that You would work now in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. You may grab a seat. Well, prayer has an impact. Your prayer, your prayer has an impact. Uh, as a culture and as a church, we've often spoke about this, but we have a saying here that uh, where there's little prayer, little power, but much prayer, much power. And this has been our culture, this has been our heart. And I wanna say to you tonight that when you pray, it has an impact. Prayer has an impact. We're doing this series at the moment specifically around this concept and this idea of prayer, looking at uh, the Lord's Prayer. And we've been looking at this over the last few weeks and tonight we specifically focus in Matthew chapter six in verse 10. Actually, I don't know if I mentioned to the team, but that's all right, I'll read it to you anyway. But in particularly in verse 10, where the disciples, they come to Jesus and they say, teach us to pray. What does it look like? How do we pray? And Jesus begins to teach them and He shares with them uh, these verses. And last week we touched on our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your Name. And then Jesus goes on to say in this one verse that we're gonna look at further tonight, He says this, He says, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is is in heaven. How do we pray? How do we intercede and ask God? He says, ask God, ask God that His kingdom would come and that His will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer has an impact. Your prayers have an impact. There's a story uh, that I came across by Tony Campolo. And Tony Campolo tells about the time he was asked to speak at a Pentecostal college. Before the service, eight men had him kneel so that they could place their hands on his head and pray. They wanted to pray for him before he went out and preached. So he kneeled and they gathered around him in a circle and they laid their hands on his head and they began to pray. Tony was glad to have the prayer, but each of them prayed a long time. And the longer they prayed, the more they pushed on Tony's head. And then they even seemed to wander in their prayers. One of the men didn't even pray for Tony. He prayed for some other guy he was concerned about. He began to pray and said, Dear Lord, you know Charlie Stoltzfus. He lives in that silver trailer down the, uh, down the road a mile. You know the trailer, Lord, just down the road on the right-hand side. Tony wanted to interrupt and tell him that God already knew where the guy lived and he didn't need directions, but he just knelt there trying to keep his head upright. The prayer went on and on and on. 
Lord, Charlie, um, Lord, this is this, this guy praying. He says, Lord, Charlie told me this morning that he was going to leave his wife and three kids. Step in and do something, God. Bring that family back together. With that, the prayer time ended and Tony went on to preach at the college chapel. Things went well and he got in his car and began to drive home. As he drove onto the Pennsylvania highway, he saw a hitchhiker and he felt compelled to pick him up. Campolo, uh, Cam, Campolo, sorry, Tony Campolo? Yeah, Campolo, yeah. Campolo said, we, anyway, it's irrelevant, but anyway, Campolo said, we drove a few minutes and I said, so he's picked up this hitchhiker, right? He drives a few minutes and I said, hi, my name is Tony Campolo. What's yours? He said, my name is Charlie Stoltfus. I couldn't believe it. I got off the highway at the next exit and I headed back. He got a bit uneasy with that. And after a few minutes, he said, hey, mister, where are you taking me? I said, I'm taking you home. He narrowed his eyes and asked why. And I said, because you just left your wife and three kids. That blew him away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he said, yeah, yeah, that's right. With shock written all over his face, he plastered himself against the car door and he never took his eyes off me. Then I really did him in as I drove right up to his silver trailer. <laughs> when I pulled up, his eyes seemed to bulge as he asked, how did you know that I lived here? And I said, God told me. When he opened the trailer door, his wife exclaimed, you're back, you're back. He whispered in her ear and the more he talked, the bigger her eyes got. I said with real authority, the two of you better sit down. I'm gonna talk to you and the two of you are gonna listen. Man, did they listen. That afternoon, I led those two young people to Christ. What an amazing story. Prayer has an impact. Prayer has an impact. And like I said, tonight we're specifically looking at the, the power of prayer. We're specifically looking at intercessory prayer, that when you pray, it has an impact. It has an impact in your life. It has an impact in your, in, in your marriage, in your family. It has an impact in this community. It has an impact in this nation. It has an impact in this world. We must pray. We have to pray. It's too important not to pray. Prayer has an impact. And so Jesus, the disciples come to him, like I said earlier, and he says, how do we pray? Well, what does it look like? And Jesus says, specifically focusing on verse 10 tonight, he says, pray and ask your heavenly Father that his kingdom would come and that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Intercessory prayer has an impact. Now, often when we talk about intercessor, you know, intercessory prayer or intercession, it, it's a buzzword probably we use in the Christian realm and it sounds pretty full on. Intercession prayer, what does that look like? How do I do this? It sounds really full on and intense. There's a book that's called uh, A Passion for Prayer. And Tom Elliff, he, he writes this when, when describing what intercession means. He writes this, he says, intercession is by nature where an individual positions themselves between two parties one with a need and one with the answer and seeks to bring the two parties together. This is what intercessory, intercessory prayer is all about. 
Here's a person that they have a need and for whatever reason, maybe they're not talking to God. Maybe they know Him, but they don't speak to God or maybe they don't know God at all and they're not obviously talking to God. But here's God who has the answer and in stand, standing in the gap is somebody that is interceding on behalf of this person that desperately needs an answer. They're not gonna ask their heavenly Father. So here, somebody stands in the middle of it, stands in the gap and says, I will intercede on your behalf. And they pray and they seek the one who has the answer, God Himself, and they intercede on His behalf. Maybe for you, you've experienced that in your own life. Maybe you've prayed for someone and you've experienced the answer to prayer on behalf of somebody else. There is something so thrilling, so exciting that when you intercede and when you pray and God turns up, wow, to experience the power of that is extraordinary. The power of prayer. Prayer has an impact. That's the truth. That's the reality. There's a quote, uh, or there's examples actually of this throughout the Bible, intercessory prayer. And you know what? I mean, just to flag it with you, I, I don't understand the fullness of God and I don't understand the fullness of prayer, to be totally honest. All I know is that God is faithful and when we pray, things seem to happen and I still, I still try and get my head around it. And I've certainly learned a lot over the years since coming to faith, but I, I, I'm still learning. How does all this work? And to be honest, I'll never fully understand. I'll never understand the depths of God, this side of eternity. But there's something about prayer that's so powerful. Examples in the Bible and, you know, in our connect group, and it's a probably a common thing that comes up. We, we got talking a bit about this. If God is sovereign, if God can do anything, if, if God oversees the whole world, then does our prayers really make a difference? And yet what I see throughout the Bible, littered throughout the Bible is time and time again, there are people that go to prayer and it's like God is moved by their, their requests, moved by their asking, and He responds to it. And I don't always understand how that works, but what I do know is that there's something powerful about prayer, that when we come to our Heavenly Father, when we intercede, when we cry out to Him, He responds to those prayers. Moses, if you're familiar with the story, Moses did this on behalf of the Israelite people. God had brought them out of Egypt under a slavery and, and, and God was with them. He was their God and He was using Moses as their leader. And Moses goes up to the Mount Sinai to, to get the 10 commandments of God. And he spent all this time up the mountain on his own and the people get restless and think, where's our leader? What's going on here? And they decided themselves, let's not follow Moses anymore. Let's just create our own God. And they bring all their jewelry together and they melt up the gold and they, they make this you know, golden calf and, and this is gonna be their God that they're gonna worship. And God sees this unfolding and He's furious. He's heartbroken, all the emotions with, why are they doing this? They're, they're already turned their back on me. And, and He says to Moses these words, I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. This is what, these are God's words. He says it to Moses. Just recently reading this a couple of weeks ago, I thought, this is brilliant. This is exactly it. And, and God says this, and then listen to Moses' response though. This is remarkable. Now, when I read stuff where I think, okay, God said this is what He's gonna do, I, I get the impression that that's what God's gonna do. But I, I read this and listen to Moses' response. God just says, look, get out of my way, Moses. I'm gonna wipe these people out. And Moses says, but Moses sought the favour of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out? 
to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth. And then Moses says, turn from your fierce anger, relent and do not bring disaster on your people. And he goes on to say, remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self. And he goes on to plead with God, talking a bit further, and then listen to the response of God. In one moment, he says, get out of my way, I'm gonna wipe these people out. And then we discover God, uh, sorry, Moses goes from in prayer. He intercedes. You see what Moses is doing here? He's interceding. Here's the Israelite people, they're in a bad state. Here's God saying, I'm gonna wipe them out. And Moses stands in the gap on behalf of the Israelite people. And he pleads with an, a mighty sovereign God. And he says, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And God says this, then the Lord relented. How does that work? Moses standing in the gap, interceding. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster that he'd threatened. Prayer, I mean, seriously, prayer has an impact. Prayer has an impact. It's extraordinary. I can't fully explain it, but all I know is here's the situation. Moses intercedes and then God relents. It's absolutely remarkable. But it's not the only time it happens. Abraham does the same. The city of Sodom and Gomorrah is absolutely littered with sin and God in the same way says, I'm gonna wipe this city out. And Abraham goes to a holy, righteous, almighty, powerful God and says, God, could I just ask you something? If you find 50, just 50 righteous people in this city, surely you won't wipe the whole city out. And God again says, all right, no worries. If you find 50 righteous people, I won't wipe the city out. Now, maybe Abraham thought, gee, 50 is probably a lot. I mean, this city is terrible. And he goes back to God and he says, could I just talk to you one more time? Sure. And he says, okay, let's just make it. What about 40? Surely you wouldn't wipe out the city for 40. And God says, all right, no worries. I won't wipe it out for 40. Abraham goes back again and he goes, okay, what about 30? Okay, I won't wipe it out for 30. Back to 20. And then Abraham finally goes to him, all right, God, surely you won't wipe it out for just 10. And God says, okay, I won't wipe it out for 10. What's going on here? They're interceding, they're going to God and God is listening and responding and acting. It's absolutely remarkable. But you know what? They're not special people. They're just ordinary people that we read about in the Bible. You can do the same. You can do this. You don't need to be in a special place. You can literally wake up, you can be at work, you can be doing whatever you're doing and literally intercede on behalf of your workplace, on behalf of your school, on behalf of your university, on behalf of your neighbourhood. You can intercede and literally change the history of your neighbourhood, change the history of your family through prayer. Why? Because prayer has an impact. That's why. We need to pray. We need to pray. And intercessory prayer is so key, so critical. Ian Bounds, he's written extensive work on prayer. I've got a book of his, it's like massive. How do you write that much on prayer? But he has, so he's probably got a bit, he knows a bit about it. This is what he says. He says, God shapes the world by prayer. God shapes the world by prayer. The more praying there is in the world, the better the world will be. The mightier the forces against evil. The prayers of God's saints are the capital stock of heaven by which God carries on His great work upon earth. God conditions the very life and prosperity of His cause on prayer. Prayer has an impact.
I mentioned it before, I think, but in our connect group, somebody mentioned, you know, well, well you know, if God's sovereign, if He's almighty, you know, do, do our prayers really have an impact? And I think it's an important question. And maybe you've wondered the same, like, do, does it really make that big of a difference? Lately, I've been reading a little bit around this, this concept of intercessory prayer. There was a book I was reading and he was explaining some of this a little bit further. And he talks about in Genesis where God creates humanity. And it's quite interesting because God's desire for humanity is to subdue the earth. He created the heavens and the earth. He created man. And then he says to man, he gives man actually the responsibility of the earth, doesn't he? And when he creates humanity, he says, he gives them responsibility. He says, I want you to cultivate the earth and subdue it. And he leaves humanity with the responsibility of looking after the earth. And so he's, the thing is, God's not a dictator. He doesn't force us to do anything. He gives us the responsibility. He says, do what you need to do, but I'm always here. And you can have a relationship with me. You can commune with me. You can talk to me. You can ask me. You can, you can cry to me and ask for a request and I'll intervene if you need me to. But ultimately, you know, you're responsible for the earth. Cultivate it, subdue it, look after it. And the interesting thing is the fall takes place and today we're still experiencing the result of that taking place in this life. But God ultimately gives humanity responsibility and He's not a dictator. He doesn't force us into things. He doesn't tell, tell us, you know, this is how you to do it. This is how you live. He gives us guidelines, but He also gives us freedom. And He says, you're free to live how you wanna live. But if you ever need me, the Word of God actually says it's a promise. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And if you need anything, you can just ask. If you need me to intervene in the situations in your workplace or university or whatever you're doing, if you need me to intervene, you just ask. But ultimately, you're, you, know, you know, He gives humanity responsibility for the earth. He says, just call upon me if you need anything at all. It's kind of interesting. I've never seen it like that before. But we pray when we pray, He says, absolutely, He's there. He, we can call upon Him. It's almost like I was thinking about this a little bit further when I came on staff, you know, quite a few years ago now when I came on staff and uh, Nathan Peake kind of called me in and said, we'd love you to come on staff and keep looking after the young adults ministry at the time. I was already doing a lot in there and they said, we want to kind of put a title to it, I suppose, and want you to kind of be a young, ads, young adults pastor. And, um, and so I started here. And, and in a way, you know, and then and over the years, I've been working in young adults, the best generation, by the way, um, to work with, amazing. You guys are incredible if you're a young adult here. And, and other generations are great too. But anyway, uh, and so it, like every year, I just think, oh man, I've got three more years here, easy. I'll be 50 still working with young adults, the best generation ever. Anyway, um, and so I, I start working in young adults ministry, right? Now, here's the thing when, when, you know, Nathan's my boss. Oh, sorry, God, like God's my boss, but Nathan's pretty close. Look, kind of like God, and then Nathan just slips under God, sort of. But, um, but, but, and so Nathan, you know, in that, he, he gives him the responsibility. He says, I want you to oversee and look after that. God's leading and all that sort of stuff. But he doesn't come down and he say, All right, this is how you're going to run it. He doesn't come down and say every day, comes into the office, all right, what have you done? What decisions are you making? Why'd you do that? You know, he doesn't dictate and say how it's to be done. He, he gives that responsibility. But at the same time, he's, his door is always open, so to speak, to say, if you ever need help, or if you ever wanna talk to me about, about something, just come in and just talk to me about it. If you need wisdom, if you need help with anything. And there have been times I've gone in, what do you think about this? And I go and seek his advice in the midst of that. And, and he helps in the midst of that. And in the same way, it's God's given us responsibility over the earth. He says, subdue it and cultivate the earth. But if you need me, cry out to me, call upon me. I'll even intervene if you want me to. Just ask, just ask. Does prayer have an impact? Absolutely, it has an impact. 
Your heavenly Father, He's so relational, He loves you so much and He's there for you and you just cry out to Him and He'll answer. Prayer has an impact. In the same way with my kids, as I raise my kids, you know, I've got a third little kid now, but as I raise my kids, I want my kids to grow up and to, to be able to, uh, you know, to, to take on responsibility for themselves, be able to wait and make wise decisions. And as I get older, I need to release more of them to, be, to, to, you know, to take on responsibility, to live and, and, and ultimately get to the point where they don't, they don't need me anymore. They're, they're wise, mature adults that can look after themselves. But you know what? I'll always be there if they ever needed anything. If they ever needed to call me or, or needed help, I would always be there for them. In the same way, even now, you know, as an adult, you know, I can still call my parents if I need help or something like that. In the same way, this is how it is with God. He gives you the responsibility. He gives you the freedom to live out your life, but He's always there if you need to talk to God, if you need to ask Him to intervene or do something in and through your life or the lives of other people. This is who our God is. But you know the another amazing thing about this is I love I love about intercessory prayer. I love the fact that God invites us in to what He's gonna do in this world or, or He invites us in in this relational way to say, hey, why don't you ask me? And have you ever been in a situation before where you've literally interceded and you've prayed and you've sought God and maybe it's been on behalf of somebody and then you find out maybe a week later or a year later or two years later or however long you've been praying, then you find out that the very thing you've been praying for is exactly what's taken place. Do you know the thrill and the excitement of that as it takes place in a person's life? There is something so thrilling and exciting about that. And this is the other aspect of prayer is that God invites us into that. How would we experience the glory and the majesty and the power of God unless we, unless we asked, unless we saw Him outwork through answered prayer. I mean, we'd see it in other ways, but man, that is one way you just go, wow, God, you're amazing. Like you're literally amazing. I remember recently uh, my wife, uh, one particular afternoon, she was catching up with a friend of hers from work and uh, not a non-Christian friend at all. And a lot of her work colleagues aren't Christian or anything like that. And, and they were just catching up for coffee. And, uh, and so she left to catch up with coffee. And about five minutes later, I felt this, and maybe you've felt this before as well, but I felt this, this kind of urge or something in my heart that thought I should pray, I should intercede. I should just, I really sensed to pray for whatever reason. And so I did, I just stopped and it wasn't a huge long prayer, but I just took a little bit of time out to pray. And I said, God, I just pray for Raquel. I pray for this conversation. I, I don't even know why necessarily, but God, maybe you wanna do something in this conversation. And I, I pray you'd open up some doors there and you'd uh, give Raquel wisdom to be able to speak into, into this. And like I said, she was just catching up with his friend, no church or Christianity background or anything like that. Anyway, maybe an hour or an hour and a half went by and, and uh, Raquel came home and she said, you would not believe it. You wouldn't believe it. I just had the most incredible conversation with my friend. We've never spoken about anything like this before. But she said, this is how it started. I, I got there before and I was sitting down at, at a table and literally this friend just comes bounding in. She sits down and she goes, you wouldn't believe it, but my dad's gotten all religious. This is how she opens the conversation. My dad's gotten all religious. I think he's going to church. He's reading the Bible and all this sort of stuff. And Raquel's like, oh, okay, wow. So what, you know, what do you think about it? And all of a sudden she said, for the next 20 minutes, we just engaged in this conversation about church, about Christianity, about faith, all this sort of stuff. I've never had a conversation like it before in my entire life. And I was, I'm just there going, God, you're amazing. This is awesome. The power of prayer. And when He invites us in to, to, to be a part of that, there is a thrill. There's something so thrilling and exciting about that. And you get to be a part of that. 
I remember um, a friend of mine when, when I was working uh, you know, as a carpenter and on site, I remember working with another guy that you know, he wasn't a Christian, he wouldn't you know, profess as a Christian or anything like that, but he was struggling big time to sell his home. Not like today, uh, everyone's selling. I mean, everyone's going to open homes. Someone told me this morning, sorry, massive side thing, but someone told me this morning they went to an open home, 110 groups turned up to check out this house. Not people, 110 groups. Anyway, so this guy, so you know, the, the houses are selling, but at this particular time, our friend that we worked with, he could not sell his house. It had been on the market for months. And we said to him one day at work, because uh, my, my friend, they're both my friends, but this, this other friend of mine was a Christian. And we said to him at work one time, we said, we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray that God does something in this. He goes, I cannot sell it, I cannot sell it. Three days later, we prayed about it. Three days later, he comes back and he goes, you would not believe it. Out of the blue, somebody has put an off on the house and it's under contract. And he said to us, he came to us at work and he said, you know, this prayer stuff, it works. And he's non-Christian. He's telling us that prayer works. Prayer is powerful. Prayer has an impact. And God invites you into it. He says, like, ask me, ask me. See what I can do. There's a quote, uh, I think it's Smith Wigglesworth said it, but there's a quote that says, God is more eager to answer than we are to ask. God is more eager to answer than we are to ask. I tell you what, we get so distracted and the heaven, our heavenly Father, King of kings, Lord of lords, is inviting, longing for us to ask Him things. He's, he's, he's so eager to answer our prayers. And so often we neglect to pray. We cannot afford not to pray. This is too important. Intercessory prayer, He invites us in to pray. My kids and I, you know, sometimes at home we're mucking around and playing and, and you know, we come up with all sorts of random games. And outside we do, I do flips with them and all sorts of stuff, triple backflips, you name it. Only joking, they're not that great. But, uh, uh, and um, but we, we, I don't know how, it's weird these games you come up with sometimes, but I don't know how kind of they've sort of found this new game with me where I kind of grab under their arm and their leg. They're, they're totally safe, I just assure you of that. But we kind of do this thing where I like swing them really high. It's kind of like this wipeout. It sort of looked, reminds me of the wipeout. It's called the wipeout of Dreamwell. They used to swing like that. Anyway, and so I'd do this and I'd be swinging my kids. And I tell you what, the, my lower back, man alive, it's painful, my lower back. And, uh, but they love it. And so they're just saying, again, again, again. But here's the thing, and it's really painful. I can only do it a few times and now I use a walking stick because you know, like it's just, my back's ruined. But here's the thing, right? I, I have never, and I probably will never, I have never raised that game with my kids. Like, hey kids, you wanna do that game that ruins my back? Like I've never brought it up with them. Never brought them up with them. Never brought it up with them. Now, the thing is though, I'll do it, like I'm happy to do it, but I'll never raise it with them. But you know, sometimes I do do it. You know why? Because they ask me, because they ask me. Now I'm happy to do it, but I'll never bring it up with them. But when they come to me and say, oh dad, can we do that? You know, I don't know what they call it. Can we do that swing, uh, swing thing or whatever? I, I, can't, I do it, but that's because they ask. And like I said, you know, God is more eager to answer than where we are, we are to ask sometimes. Intercessory prayer, prayer is, prayer has an impact. Prayer has an impact. 
And prayer is so relational as well. He invites us in. It's so powerful. I wanna leave with you because we're gonna do a prayer thing. I wanna leave with you a story uh, that I read, again, just uh, showing or revealing the power of intercessory prayer. It's a story by a missionary that uh, told this story when he was preaching back at his home church. Uh, He would go over to Africa and do missionary work. And he says this, he says, while serving at a small field hospital in Africa, every two weeks I travelled by bicycle through the jungle to a nearby city for supplies. This was a journey of two days and required camping overnight at the halfway point. On one of these journeys, I arrived in the city where I planned to collect money from a bank, purchase medicine and supplies, and then begin my two-day journey back to the field hospital. Upon arrival in the city, I observed two men fighting, one of whom had been seriously injured. I treated him for his injuries and at the same time talked to him about the Lord Jesus. I then travelled two days, camping overnight and arrived home without incident. Two weeks later, I repeated my journey. Upon arriving in the city, I was approached by the young man I had treated. He told me that he had known I carried money and medicines. He said, some friends and I followed you into the jungle knowing you would camp overnight. We planned to kill you and take your money and drugs. But just as we were about to move into your camp, we saw that you were surrounded by 26 armed guards. At this, I laughed and said that I was certainly all alone in that jungle campsite. The young man pressed the point, however, and said, no, sir, I was not the only person to see the guards. My five friends also saw them and we all counted them. It was because of those guards that we were afraid and left you alone. At this point in the sermon, one of the men in the congregation jumped to his feet and interrupted the missionary and asked if he could tell him the exact day that this had happened. The missionary told the congregation the date and the man who interrupted told him this story. On the night of your incident in Africa, it was morning here and I was preparing to go play golf, as you do, uh, when I felt the urge to pray. Uh, And I felt the urge to pray for you. In fact, the urge was so strong, I called men into this church to meet with me here in the building to pray for you. Would all of those men who met with me here on that day stand up? The men who had met together to pray that day stood up. The missionary wasn't concerned with who they were. He was too busy counting how many men he saw. And in that moment, 26 men stood up in that moment. Prayer has an impact. Now there's, there may be skepticism about the story and I was looking online, all sorts of stuff and people were skeptical about this story. But I tell you what, there is story after story about things like this taking place time and time again. Prayer has an impact and you have an opportunity to pray. God is inviting you in. God is inviting you in to to see and experience what He wants to do in this world as you ask Him. So we're gonna pray. How could I not speak about this and and not pray and intercede, but but we're all gonna pray. So I'm gonna invite the band to come up in this moment. I'm gonna invite you to stand right now as we uh, prepare our hearts to pray. Now, if you're new or visiting, yeah, let's jump up on our feet. If you're new or you're visiting here tonight, don't, don't feel stressed. I'm not gonna force you to do anything. You don't need to pray out loud or anything like that. But if prayer has an impact, then we have to pray. 
If intercessory prayer has an impact, we must pray for our city. We must pray for our young people. We must pray for families. We must pray for uh, this nation. We must pray for those who don't know God. We, we must pray. I wasn't sure if I was gonna mention it, but maybe I will, because I just feel prompted. But um, there are so many distractions in in our lives, so much distractions that pulls us away from this, this prayer that literally changes history. I remember sharing a little while ago, and I'm not gonna go into great detail, but I remember sharing a little while ago about uh, a man, a, a pastor, so influential throughout uh, his, his life, David Wilkinson, that in his early 20s or maybe mid 20s, he just started pastoring, but at, at 10 till 12, every single night, he would watch television. And one night at midnight after he was kind of just watching the television, he turned the television off and he had this thought. He thought, what could take place? What could take place in the spiritual realm that and rather than watching television, I spent two hours in prayer instead. The next day he decided, I'm gonna see, you know, I'm gonna see about this. And he put his uh, TV, he sold his television. And the next night he went to prayer and he said, two hours, he thought, how am I gonna fill two hours of time? And he thought he was there for ages. And the next night he spent two hours of time. And he said, it wasn't too long before he was praying and two hours felt like five minutes. It would go so fast. And the impact that David Wilkinson had is throughout history, he's passed away now, but it's absolutely extraordinary. And, and maybe just maybe you're here tonight, you just think, you know what, I need to do this more. Maybe you, you, need, you know in your heart, you need to, to push aside some of the distractions that's keeping you from pressing into God on, on a deeper level then you need to go home and do that and say, God, help me with this and, and identify those things that are distracting you and push those things aside and say, okay, I need to pray. I need to pray. Why? Because prayer has an impact. Prayer has an impact. So we're gonna pray. Well, we're all gonna pray. In this moment, I'm gonna lead us in a time of prayer and you don't have to pray out loud, but in your head and in your heart, you can pray for some of these things that we so desperately need to pray for in our society and in our culture today. So would you, uh, maybe in a posture of prayer, you can close your eyes if you want. In a posture of prayer right now, we're gonna pray. I'm gonna give you a moment to pray now for families in our society and for marriages. So right now, just in your head and your heart, I want you to lift up families and marriages in our society and pray for God to intervene. There may be people in your life, a marriage in your life that you know is on the rocks that you need to intervene and intercede right now for that marriage and for that family. So here's your opportunity. Let's pray together for families and for marriages in your head and in your heart. In that attitude of prayer, we're gonna pray for young people. We're gonna pray for young people and youth. You may have a brother or a sister that's wayward. You may know the struggle that these young people are facing today, depression and anxiety and suicide is running rampant throughout our culture and society. And it seems that the enemy is having a field day, but you need to pray. We need to intercede right now for young people today that God would intervene. So in this moment, cry out to God, 
pray for that brother, pray for that sister, pray for that school and ask God to do a work that only He can do. that attitude of prayer, we're gonna pray for the lost, the prodigals. You might have a close friend, an auntie, an uncle, a parent, a family member, somebody that is deeply on your heart. Intercede for them now. Pray to a holy and righteous God. Pray and ask God that He would break into their life and draw them to Himself. But let's pray for those who don't know Him. Pray for the prodigals that they might return home. Finally, we're gonna pray for His church. And I'm not talking about buildings, I'm not talking about property, I'm talking about God's church, the people, you. I want you to pray that God, and maybe if you're open to it, you can uh, open your hands up before Him. Pray to God that He would awaken your heart and revive your heart, that He might revive His church and awaken His church in a way that this society and that culture around us has never seen before a prayer that we've prayed for many years, but I pray now in this moment that You would just cry out to God and say, awaken me, revive me, O God. You'd awaken Your church, O God. Come Holy Spirit. Well, God, we've interceded here tonight corporately together. And I pray, Almighty God, that next week we're gonna have testimony after testimony of answered prayer. Why? Because prayer has an impact. Because you've heard our prayers tonight, great God. The wayward son, the wayward person coming back to You, oh God. Things happening in in local schools, things happening in marriages and families, restoring and healing in relationships, Almighty God. We cry out to You tonight. And we thank You, great God, that You reign above it all, Father. And so Lord, as we sing these words, it's not just words, it's the cry and the prayer of our heart that as we've prayed tonight, that You would reign above marriages, that You would reign above schools, that You would reign above young people, that You would reign above our suburbs and our city and our nation, great God. This is the cry of our heart. So we thank You, Lord, that as we pray, You hear us and You're a God that is faithful and You answer. So Lord, reign, reign we pray, reign we cry out, Almighty God. Let's sing that chorus, You Reign Above It All.
Jesus, you reign. Let all the earth, let all the heaven and the earth erupt in song. Come on, you sing this out strong. Sing hallelujah to the everlasting one. Come on, there is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. This was Second Chronicles 7 says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins and I will restore their land. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honoured forever. I will always watch over it for it is dear to my heart. Our cry as a church is that our generations will be known as praying generations. And I long to see our land healed, our nations healed. I know that's the heart of Pastor David's heart is that lives will be changed. And church, that's an encouragement to us. That's a sharpening of our minds. So let's be a praying people. We may not understand the full mystery of it, but let's be faith-filled that when we pray and we seek His face, He hears and things take place. And so I want us to be encouraged in that. And there's ways we can do that in this church. You can join in with our weekly prayer meetings. Uh, Jump on our website, you'll see that. We can be praying as individuals, spending time just maybe making that a priority in our lives. Maybe it is, it's turning off the TV. It's navigating and saying, navigating a part in our life and say, hey, I'm gonna dedicate this time. But I just long to see God do more of that. And so church, can we make that a call of our heart throughout this year? Young adults, can we make that a call of our heart this year? Youth, can we make that a priority in our life this year? It's easy to go out the doors and we get busy with what we wanna do and I'm so guilty of that. But can we make this a priority of our lives? Because I believe as we seek His face in prayer. We make our big prayer meetings. We'll have one at the ends of this series that will be compelled to come and join with other believers to seek the face of God, intercede for people that maybe a land will be healed, a nation will be healed in the Name of Jesus. And so I'm gonna pray And then we're going to head out into our week. But I'm going to ask God to fill us afresh by His Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Awaken our hearts, Lord. Thank You for Pastor David's Word uh, tonight, Lord. But may we be people that not just hear it and then forget about it, but may we put this into action every day, not out of guilt, but out of a desire, Lord, to know You more, to commune with You and to see a nation healed, a city healed, a school healed, a university healed, a street changed, a neighbour have their whole life changed for eternity. And we can't do this ourselves. This is only through humbling ourselves in prayer to the God who all things 
find their name. And so God, I pray, I just wanna thank You for tonight, the power of Your Holy Spirit. We ask that You would meet with us and You did. And Lord God, we wanna thank You for that. And so we wanna give You all honour, all glory. And thank You, Lord God, You don't share Your glory with anyone. And so Father, we wanna praise You. And we wanna give You a shout of praise right now to say that, Lord, You are faithful and You are to be honoured in this place. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Can we do that as a church? Thank You. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for coming and being a part and joining us online. There's a few ways as well we can pray is as you leave and go out the front, um, we, can, uh, we can write prayers and letters to people in the persecuted church. There's prayer stations around this auditorium. I want to encourage you to spend some time doing that, maybe writing a prayer um, as well. Um, but hey, God bless. We just ask God will use you powerfully and we look forward to joining together and hanging out in church next week. So God bless and have a great week. Um, Jump out as well. Make sure you get out there. Dim Sims, $1, hang out, do life, pray for each other.